0: Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright, as it moves across my face, I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. And this is your weekly love, sex and emotional relationships show where we look at life and love and all the things that are good and make us happy and how to make things even gooder and even happier. Even gooder. Even gooder. Gooder. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, today is such a very important episode possibly it should have been the episode that we did at the very very start of this whole journey so it's episode 21 but we feel that this this is going to be the episode that we want all of you to refer back to at any time this is the cornerstone this is the foundation of really of our work and of what jane and i believe in because it is about self-love and if you listen to our show you'll know that in every episode we always refer back to almost default always back to and the answer if you want to know is just more self-love and we say that all the time but we started to get some Requests from people who wanted to know, well, you know, they want to go the next level. What are the tools? How can I get there? What if I've never known what self love is? What if I struggle with it? How can I teach my daughters what it is, what it looks like, what it feels like? So, we're coming to you today with a much deeper understanding of this interesting topic. It's something that's talked about a lot, but how well is it understood? It's a
1: big topic, isn't it? And it's such an important one. It can be simplified to say, You've got to have your own back. You've got to be the kindest person to yourself. You've got to fall madly, passionately, deeply in love with yourself. You need to be your own biggest cheerleader. But how do we do this? So that's the question. The goal is to have that, to feel that about yourself. The question is how do we get there? So I'm feeling that we need to give a whole heap of different tools different tips that we've used or that we've used with other clients of how people have come to
0: self love self acceptance
1: acceptance maybe is a good first part to
0: to start with do you feel at the very least i mean you, you don't get to passion straight away for a lot of us so you know right at the far end of the spectrum you've got people who feel self hatred you've got people yes. who are hurting their bodies through self harm through abusive thoughts bullying themselves they are eating uh, you know in ways that harm the body um they are addicted to very abusive relationships because of their low self esteem or this is the way it all starts to play out in life okay middle of the spectrum i'd say people with a little bit of that but they're still high functioning yes and top of the spectrum i don't know mother teresa <laughs>
1: She's fabulous, No, but top
0: of the spectrum is... She speaks
1: well of you too, you know.
0: Oh, shut (laughs) up. Thanks, Jane. Top of the spectrum, I think, is probably somebody who looks in the mirror. No, top of the spectrum is somebody who doesn't need to look in the mirror because they don't need to... You know what? It's so not even external. It's so not even... It's all about how they feel when they wake up in the morning and how happy they are with the heart in their chests and those emotions in their bodies. I think when we can finally reach that place on the spectrum... We have no attachment to so much of the external, what people say, what the media is showing us, other images, the face staring back at us in the mirror, all of the rules and regulations put on us by society and family and friends, none of it matters because we have so much certainty and self-assuredness in our own selves. Beautiful. I think
1: probably most people that are listening to this would be in the middle spectrum.
0: That's right. Possibly tipping into the lower. Some of them may have come from the lower and have worked up to the middle. Yes, worked up.
1: Or they're having their challenges because, you know, this is 2013 and we are being given the bricks and the sledgehammers to continue to grow and evolve and, and come from love and not fear. So if you're finding yourself that you're in that middle spectrum where, you know, life is good, you are high-functioning, but you know it could be a whole lot better and you are finding that you dip into some self-sabotaging behaviour, whether it is, as Beck said, through eating through negative thought process, let's get into some tools of acceptance, of how can you come to accept yourself. Now, I'm going to use my own personal story here. My physical body has always been a big challenge for me. To love the physical of my body has been a massive challenge, as Beck knows. I'm in a rear about this all the time, and it's my no doubt my life purpose or mission is to try and get this lesson. One of the things that I have found has really helped to give me peace with my physical body is that it is what it is. And as I can stop desiring it to be something it's not, I can start to come to appreciation of what it is. So instead of thinking or feeling, you know, why can't I have that gorgeous size 10 figure and be going bather shopping and, and jeans shopping with ease and feeling that I'm physically attractive because my body is a different shape and size to what it actually is, to let go of all that negativity that was constantly in my head by accepting that it is what it is and then to find some gratitude for it, to go, you know, this body serves me. It has served me amazingly I actually am physically very very strong I very rarely I do occasionally get an illness but very rarely in comparison to many others I wake up in the morning my body is actually quite strong in that I can go for walks and I don't have physical ailments that prevent me from having a physical lifestyle um, it's a body that is actually pretty robust and and I actually can eat and drink what I want with in the moment of not feeling physical damage. Now, I know this is contradictory to full-blown wellness, which is, of course, attachment to long-term. But by getting into the moment of appreciation of how this body does function for me, I was able to come to a bit more peaceful place instead of beating up and going, why haven't you got a 24-inch waist or why haven't you got, you know, the, the jeans that can wear, the skinny jeans or whatever. It allowed me to love myself a little more than I was before. I then looked at when I'm in the shower, giving thanks as I'm rubbing, you know, my cleaning my body and my wobbly bits, giving thanks for the belly that is wobbly that did get so stretched to two very large babies. Giving thanks to these massive breasts—I'm sorry for the bad visualization here—that are pretty massive, that hang down and sometimes make me feel like I could be on the front cover of a National Geographic magazine. <laughs> but they are—they fed. I breastfed. I was a high-functioning machine with my breast. I think that it could have been bottled and sold. It was so healthy and free-flowing and fabulous for my babies. That is incredible, and I will not take those experiences back. So, by trying to find the gift that this body has given to me, it allowed me to have a little bit more peace. It shut down that voice that was wishing for something it wasn't. And as I had peace, I had freedom to be focusing on other things in my life.
0: I love this, Jay. I mean, the body is such an important place to start because, you know, for those of you that are women listening, you know, for women, it's usually the greatest bane of our lives. We are so taught even subconsciously to be so hung up on our external as as who we are as as mirroring or representing who we are and even if deep down you know that that's just complete and utter bullshit (laughs) to be honest because because it's just not uh it doesn't it doesn't stop us from being obsessed about that you know from a really really young age right up to a really really old age so it's one of the biggest battles i think that, that women have to and men too because we are such an image driven society. We go on the first glance. We go on the, you know, the, the exterior judgment all the time. We're very
1: visually judging, aren't we, exactly. all the time?
0: And we, we live in a society where we're seeing 30,000 commercials a year and or more um, and, you know. Hollywood and they're all
1: telling us what's wrong with us. Get this product because this is wrong with you.
0: Yeah, and it's, I used to be a beauty editor, so it was my job to make people feel insecure. Your hair's dry, you need this sort of shampoo, you've got a pimple, you need to cover it up with this, you know, you've got shadows under your eyes. It was all about pointing out people's flaws. I mean, that, people like me, like me, were are paid to do that kind of thing, so... So no wonder so many of us have such low self worth when it comes to our physical appearance. Absolutely. And girls don't realise this as part of the work I do when I go into high schools is to show the girls the photoshopping and you know, we might have a little bit of a part of it in the back of our brains that goes, Oh, I know those images of Photoshop, but we still don't get it. We don't realise how much of everything in our world right now is complete and utter plastic. Everything you are looking at has been so stylized. It has been ten hours of hair and makeup thousands of shots taken narrowed down to just a few shots which are then photoshopped and the whites of the eyes and the shadows of the breast and the whites of the teeth and the flyaway hair and everything has been so highly corrected that by the time that image gets in front of your eyes it's plastic
1: it is it doesn't exist it doesn't exist can we mention the dove commercials yeah i think that if you haven't seen these jump onto youtube and google dove commercial yeah now there's two that are out the first one that came out a few years ago I just applauded and it had this beautiful I think teenage girl I don't know how old she was 16 17 um and they have her turn up and she's she is a pretty girl very natural but she she's got flaws like everybody has and they have her sit in the mirror and the makeup artists start their work the hairdressers start their work then the fashion stylists turn up and then the photographers come Then it gets on the computer and they start editing her and elongating her neck and slendering her jaw and it just changes this woman until she ends up on the the billboard of some great big New York highway. Yeah, highway, exactly. Now, the the ad only goes for about 60 seconds and it's all done in fast motion. I highly encourage you to, to look at that and then share it with everyone you know, particularly parents of teenage girls. My girls, I showed them and they were quite blown away yeah. by it's a very
0: very powerful visual we show it to the high schools as well and they cannot believe it beautiful yeah now
1: the second thing I want to touch on is their more recent ad that's only come out, I think, only in the last few months.
0: I only weeks. saw it a couple of weeks ago. No, no it was only just. Oh, it's only just come out. Yeah.
1: Great. I loved it. In fact, what we might do, we might see if we can find these and put these up on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. So, uh, which is facebook.com forward slash Love Life Show. So if you want to go there, like our page, and we'll put the links up for you to have a look at these. Now, the second one, very briefly, was where they had a sketch artist. So this guy worked as a – criminal sketcher like he would for, for some police department. Forensics Forensic. Forensic, right. yeah, like you know, he was really great at being able to to draw a person from a visual description, verbal description. And they brought in people, although it was majority were women, but there were a couple of guys. So they brought this woman in, she sits down, now he can't see her. He's behind a screen and she is to describe herself and then he draws her picture. Now there's been a group of people that have all been having cups of tea outside of this room. Each of them was told to make themselves known to a particular person, get to know one particular person. Now that person would then go in to the sketch artist and would describe the person that they got to know. So these two sketches were done. One was a self described sketch. The other was a sketch of somebody else describing you. They then brought the lady back in to look at the two photo, the two sketches. The one on the left being how she saw herself and the one on the right how someone else saw herself. Now, in every case, the one on the right was exactly what I saw in that person. I felt it was very, very accurate. In every case, the one on the left where they were self-described, they looked sad, unhappy. They didn't look at all pretty. And it was incredible, the difference. Now, as these women saw their two worlds, there were massive tears. Because we do not see ourselves as others do. And this is where you've got to gather some evidence that this is true, that you have distorted view of your own beauty.
0: That's right. And, you know, I just wish when, when you see shows where girls go into plastic surgeons and sit down and want something nicked or tucked or tucked or changed or whatever. Oh, God, I wish they could bring in a psychologist or or an emotional counsellor at that point to say, where did you first get this belief about yourself that this needs to be changed? And you can always pin it back to, I saw a girl on TV. No, she actually called up the radio the other day and she said something she was complaining about it. It was either her nose or her ears and it all went back to a throwaway comment some boy had made many, many years ago about that particular feature. And look, who is that kid anyway? She doesn't even know him anymore and yet she's never let go of that comment to the point where she wants to pay money to carve herself up. What is wrong with that? Where is our self-esteem? That's what this episode is all about. So we really, really have to start realizing that we are spending so many hours obsessing about the outer and putting almost no time at all into the inner, into the inner work. Someone tweeted the other day and I had to laugh. She wrote, I spend more time thinking about Beyonce's thighs than I do about my own career goals. (laughs) will think about shopping or hairstyles or makeup or facebook stuff or like all this sort of external external stuff more than we'll think about our sole purpose or who really who we really are or how much we love ourselves so and again i often say this in the show we're not taught those kind of tools you, not many of us have been raised with mums and dads or teachers or role models who are able to help us language our worlds emotionally, who are able to help us go within and do inner work regularly, who are able to help us filter the world with this sort of language rather than the external sort of goalposts or whatever,
1: yeah. right? Yep, absolutely. And before we get right into the inner stuff, I just want to tip, tip, touch on two little tips that I found helped me to actually realize that I am much more physically beautiful than I thought I was. Good. Okay. (laughs) So the first one was I started scrapbooking many years ago. And so as I did, I'm pulling up all these old photos and I'm looking at them going, gee, I don't remember being either that thin or that pretty. I actually didn't feel, I didn't feel what I was then seeing as the evidence many years later. So my goal here, my, my challenge here is for you to pull out your old photos five years, 10 years ago, 15, 20, as far back as you can and look at them and I bet that you will, you too will find that you are much more attractive in those photos than you felt at the time. So as you gather this new evidence, you have to change the tape in your head that says, I'm not attractive too. I have gathered evidence that I actually am more beautiful than I feel. So you've just got to shut up and accept that, all right? The other thing that I did was that I decided, you know, there were features on my face that I didn't like, that I've got this chin that I feel is too big because why? A boy told me when I was 12 years old, oh, what are you going to use your chin as your table and have your lunch off it? There it was, and there it stays. Oh, okay, I've got a bad chin. That's I've got harsh. a big chin. That is you harsh. You um, I have, you know, my eye, I, I, I've got more wrinkles on one side of my eyes than the other. I, most people's features are actually asymmetrical. What I decided was that, and this was after I'd done some good inner inner work, which we'll get to shortly, but I decided that I was going to be a beautiful person, the most beautiful from the inside out. Love it. And I decided that when I truly come from love and not fear, when I come from kindness and empathy and compassion and connection, my face lights up and I look the most beautiful i can ever look
0: and it's all in the eyes and it's, it's so it funny is you in the eyes say this Jane cuz i was actually thinking earlier just between you and i and everyone who's listening i was watching jane's just had her 50th birthday by the way and i was just watching jane talk earlier in the car and looking at her eyes jane's eyes are so large and clear and just shining light and see when you see that, there's no age there. It, it, there is I can no see age is there. You are how pure and switched on oh, you are. That's so but you know, it's that Thank what you. we don't realise is that we actually don't relate to each other physically. We relate to each other according to our essence. Yes. Right. So. You know, sometimes you might say, "Oh, there's this guy, and I've got such a crush on him." Oh, he's not—he's not hot. Like he, I know he looks ugly, but I—I I can't help it. I just—I just feel something for him because you're connecting to hit the essence of his soul, which means something to you. You're not seeing the exterior. And you know what? You just got to remind yourself: everyone else is walking around that swimming pool, or that beach, or the shopping mall, or whatever, so caught up in their own heads and so worried about their own stuff. No one is looking at you. No one no one is thinking about the shoes that you spent half an hour choosing which pair to wear this morning. No one is, cares whether you just had a $28 haircut or a $700 haircut. Nobody gives a you-know-what. I love it. Nobody I cares. It. So why should you? <laughs> I love it. So as you decide that
1: you want to be the most beautiful that you can be, then I want you to get somebody to take a photo of you. I want you to just sit there and just smile at the camera and have your photo taken. Then I want you to think of the thing that brings you the greatest joy. So often when I'm doing this with my clients, I take a photo for our database. Um, I'll take the snapshot and, you know, everyone says, I hate having my photo taken. And I take one photo and then I say, you know what? I'm going to get you to smile, but I want you to think about something they've shared with me. Often it will be, I want you to think about your amazing, beautiful children. And I quickly snap it in that split second that they connect with that love, and then I show them the two photos. So it's very similar to the, the dove eyes exercise. soften and the Everything. Their skin mm-hmm. becomes it glows it becomes this kind of light radiates out of it and people are so blown away that i would say probably one in two people i'm actually emailing that photo to them because they've never had a photo like that yeah and yet when we come from love when we come from joy and connection and beauty and kindness we can get no more beautiful
0: so what we're saying is if you really want out with beauty you know it's not the creams and it's not the surgeries. It's none of that stuff. It genuinely has to glow from within. And you know this. You see the, the grumpy old man on the sidewalk, whose face is all twisted up because he's bitter and miserable about his life, or the woman with all the crow's feet because she's always frowning. We know that. We know, we know, we've seen 70 something year old women who just glow. Yes. Just have skin like silk because they're just so relaxed and peaceful.
1: Mother Teresa, you mentioned her at the beginning of this podcast. Mm. There is the example. I mean, her face was filled with wrinkles because she
0: was an elderly woman, but they were so soft and, they, and warm. And no one glowing. person in the world who judged her on her physical appearance would, no one would even dare. Would, would no one would, would ever dare? She just glowed. to make a comment on her beauty. But because of you know, what these she was, people
1: glow, Nelson Mandela. That's right. Because it's the essence.
0: It's their essence that we're yes. actually connecting with. It's yes. not their physical characteristics. So we need to get away from the physical. And before we spend this whole episode just on the body alone. So back to self love. Get to mirror, yeah. Let's talk about mirror work. Mirror
1: work. Brilliant. Go, Beautiful. Oh, me too. Mm. Okay. All right. So I'm a huge fan of mirror work. Uh, Louise Hayes is the is the absolute guru of this. And so if you want to learn more about this, I encourage you to follow her work. Uh, so mirror work is where we hold a mirror up to ourselves and we speak kindly to ourselves. So one of my things that I like to do is I get out of bed in the morning and I go to my bathroom and I look in the mirror and I smile and I go eye to eye and I say, good morning, Jane. I love you. I truly love you.
0: Who's squirming right now? Does that make you
1: squirm? Most would squirm. And I look, when I first started doing this, absolutely. Absolutely. The goal is to get to a point where you actually mean it. Are you naked or not? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Whatever. And my jammies, naked, just got off the toilet. doesn't matter. They, whatever. That's right. It's irrelevant. My, but I'm actually going eye to eye here. I'm not looking all around my body at everything and seeing the faults. You're looking into your own soul. I'm and going to my own soul. That
0: is so powerful. Now, I've got a girlfriend who, who's struggled with a lot of eating disorders and so forth, and she's done the Louise Hay course. She started to do the mirror work to begin all she could do to get through it was she, she, she basically made it like a hijab, so she put her towel up, one towel Over her under her eyes and the other towel on top so all she could see in the mirror was the slit where her eyes were because the minute she looked in that mirror she was immediately picking on her body looking at her hair looking at her skin looking at her boobs all of that so she started her mirror work with nothing to be seen but her two eyes and she began from there beautiful because it's going to feel uncomfortable you're not going to like it you'll be tempted to skip a day you won't want to do this kind of work regularly but that's why self-love takes so much dedication because it is territory that's very unfamiliar and unexplored look I've got a, well, well, I've got a four year old now, but when little Tom was three, you know, we sit in the car and we do the, you know, um, mummy loves you and daddy loves you and your sister Charlotte loves you and the dog loves you and, and, you know, and then I'd say, and do you love you? And he'd say, no, and you would get all squirmy and uncomfortable. Wow, not such it, a young age. Isn't it fascinating that a three-year-old finds that concept confronting? So no wonder a 33-year-old finds that yeah. or a 53-year-old. And that's after decades have been allowed to go by without any self-love being done. So I'm trying to do it with my three-year-old and he's resisting me. <laughs> Look,
1: it's interesting. And, and, and I, in my newsletters that I send out to our, our members and my coaching clients, I'll often do a lot of, you know, affirmation work in there or self-love of self-love. Uh, and I will get... Emails back from some people will say, oh, that's so girly, that's so sissy, or that's egocentric, or, you know, that's arrogant. That's right. And that's the thing is that, you know, we will watch a little girl who's five years old and she's got ready for a birthday party and she's twirling around in her dress and she's fancying herself something rotten and there is nothing better to watch. It's so beautiful. And then we would say, and it's so innocent. Yeah. There's that word. But at what point are we now not allowed to do that? So she's now 12 years old. And it's mother saying, in fact, I can even remember my own mother telling me to stop saying positive things about myself because it was perceived as arrogant. Who do you think you are? And you're not all that. And there starts the world pulling you down this tool poppy syndrome.
0: Yeah, we talk a lot to our teenage girls about you've got to understand that self love is not about ego, it's not about selfishness or arrogance or I'm all that. It- it really really isn't those sorts of behaviors come from deep insecurity when people are really pompous or arrogant or snobby or think that they're full of it or whatever that's insecurity we're talking about nothing but just pure appreciation like and i love when we're talking about the body before and jane talks about in the shower because again i think another beautiful thing to do is like thanking yourself put lie in bed at night and put your hand you know, on your heart, thank you for beating today. Put your hand on your legs. Thank you for running today. Put your hand on your on your throat. Thank you for talking today. Put your hand on any part of the body you can thank for just being there. And anyone who's ever been in sickness or pain knows the minute you're in pain, all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, all those weeks that I've been not in pain for my whole life, I've so taken for granted, right? It takes pain to make you realize that we so take our bodies for granted. They're just always there working, chugging away silently in the background, doing whatever we need to do, digesting, excreting, breathing, getting us from A to B. they are amazing amazing. and there's no two in the world that are the same and that is the rarest form of beauty and every fingerprint in the world is different and that we are we should be celebrating the absolute rare unique amazingness of 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 these beautiful different types of bodies every shape size height weight color i mean you've The universe is the ripest place. It's just the most abundant place. It is. It's incredible artistry. It is. So a bit more love for the packaging. Yeah, so the mirror
1: work is really good too, isn't it? I think that's very important. In fact, Louise Hayes walks around with a little um, compact pocket-sized mirror in her bra and if she feels that she's going into a situation where um, she might have to have a tough conversation or there could be a bit of conflict or somebody might be in a situation where they can speak negatively to her, I can't imagine anyone ever doing that to her. Oh, but they wouldn't they dare but, you know. Know, It could happen. She pulls her mirror out and she talks to herself and says, Louise, you are amazing. I love you. Let's go do this, girl.
0: She almost talks as two people, which is beautiful. Because it's like speaking to the inner child. Inner child, And if, yeah. if you have trouble with yourself, who you are now, and you really don't like yourself, just imagine if you're still an innocent little six-year-old who was still coming out into the world and didn't know much and needed protection and a lot of love. Speak to that person inside you because that little girl or that little boy still needs a lot of helping hands. Well, you know what,
1: Beck? I want to go into this deeper. I'm going to make an executive decision here that this is going to be our first podcast that's going to go. We normally stick to the 30 minutes. We know that that works well for people listening. But there's a lot of tools we need to cover off
0: in here, so let's keep going. You're right. With All that? right, uh, you're right because we haven't even scratched it. Because I no. Jane's the affirmation queen. We haven't even touched no. on that yet. No, but inner child is also very, very
1: important. So let's do that. Reframing the past as well. Okay, so my my take on inner child, uh, and if you want some more work on this, um, Lorraine Webb from the Adelaide Healing Energy Center has written an amazing book. Which doesn't matter where you're listening to this podcast, you can she'll ship the book anywhere in the world. Um, she's guru of this but I like to think of the inner child as we've got at least one some of us have got many different aged inner child children within us so for me I think of myself that I've got a seven-year-old within me and I've also got this 15-year-old and the seven-year-old's this beautiful precious little child that the world was getting a little bit scary about and feelings were getting hurt and sensitivity was raising and and I was starting to feel a little bit different and maybe as though there was something wrong with me because my feelings would get hurt so easily or the world was a bit of a scary place. And then I've got the bit of the defiant 15-year-old who literally chose to capitulate and give in and be like the others. So these two children, if I allow, can run the show quite easily. And I often see this in my dating practice where um, with Social 8 where I see a lot of people attend an event and they've got the 15 or 16-year-old that's running the show That's the insecure child that's coming out and saying, I'm not good enough, rich enough, funny enough, smart enough, fill in the blank. I'm going to act up now and I'm going to go into grandstanding and attention-seeking, self-sabotaging behavior to try and get approval from people. So what I like to encourage people to do is to talk to this inner child. Talk to the 15-year-old and say, you know what, I know that at the moment you're feeling a little bit threatened, but it's okay, I've got your back. I'm in charge now. Jane, the 50-year-old's got this covered, so you just hop behind me, sweetheart. You just hang on to the back of me and watch me take care of this. And the 7-year-old, I'll grab the 7-year-old and I'll think of a time that there was somebody that said something nasty to me that hurt my feelings. Let's say that there was um, that the schoolyard bully told me that I was ugly and nobody would ever like me and that hurt my feelings. So now the 50-year-old is going to grab this beautiful 7-year-old child I'm gonna go back to that memory, and I think it's nice to do this if you're lying in bed or sitting in a comfortable couch and make sure you're alone and not disturbed. I want you to go really into that memory. Feel it. There'll be tears, that's absolutely fine. And I want you to observe that's what's going on with the seven-year-old. Observe how she's feeling. And now I want you to come and grab her and I want you to give her the biggest hug. I want you to wrap her right into your arms. And I want you to tell her how truly amazing she is, how perfect and unique she is, how whatever that person has said to her is so inappropriate and it is so wrong, and that you are going to be telling that other person exactly what you think as the adult you. And so as you go in and you speak the words of truth of the seven-year-old, but you do it as the dynamic and powerful an assertive adult you are today, you go in and defend that little girl and you say, that is not on, that is not appropriate, that is not at all necessary and it is not happening again. Then you grab this little girl and you tell her that everything is fine because that is not how it is, that this is how it is, that you are perfect, you are beautiful, you are exactly as you were meant to be. And I want you to give her all the hugs and all of the love that in that moment she needed and she didn't get. And as you do that, I want you to shrink her down really tiny. I want you to shrink her into your hand. And then I want you to place her into your heart. And from this moment forward, you now have the little you and the big you. And together, you're walking this world. Together. You've got each other's backs and you will never be alone again, and you will never be without the love that you desire again because you now are too.
0: Jane, I mean, that is just so powerful. I've got my own version of that, so I'm going to run people through my version. You do that with your clients? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so my version is if somebody's got something going on, they're, they're, they're getting a real strong, like we talk about triggers, something will have happened during the day, and a strong emotional response has come up in that person's body. I say, right, close your eyes, put your hand on your heart. I want you to go into your body. Tell me where it is. Where's that feeling? What is that feeling? Usually they'll give me a concept. Like they'll say, oh, I'm just feeling really stressed. And I'm like, yeah, but what's the feeling? What's the emotion? Because people can't pin it this down ever. Anyway, so if you can get the emotion, then they might say, okay, it's um, it's fear or it's sadness. Or I should always try and get the lowest emotion because they might say sadness, but I'll say, is there anything lower than sadness? And I'll say rejection. And how does that make you feel to be rejected, you know, lost or, yeah, whatever. So then I'll say, where where in the body are you holding it? And they'll say, oh, it's in my stomach or it's in my throat or whatever. And then I'll say, what color it is? is it? And i will say, oh, it's brown or it's blue or it's black. And I'll say, and out of 10, 10 being the worst, zero being nothing, where is it at? How bad is that feeling? And they'll usually say eight or something like that. I say, okay, so now I just want you to just take a breath for a minute and I want you to use your imagination. And imagine that you're floating back down through your, you know, whatever age they are, 40s, 30s, 20s, teens, primary school, all the way back down to in utero when you're in your mum's tummy. And I want you to tell me which statement your body resonates with as true. Did you bring that black, fearful feeling in your stomach through with you when you were born in this lifetime, or did you learn it when you got here? Now, most people will say they learned it when they got here, Okay. Those of you who are more spiritually advanced can then look out to the whole universe and go back out to another time and energy in place, a past life or what have you, where that feeling was first learned and you can see where you first believed it and you first learned to carry it. For those of you that say, I learned it when I got here, I ask for the earliest memory you have of the time when you first felt that black fear in your tummy. Kids might say, oh, sorry, people might say, oh, it was when I I was about five or I was about nine. And usually it's because something was happening. Usually it's because it was a, you know, a bully or it was mum or dad, stuff was going on. It's usually because of someone else or external situation that was going on. And it's so important that the younger child in you understands that when stuff happens, it's not personal and I try and get them to see it from the higher point of view, why they put up their hand to have that experience, what was going on for the other soul, why the other soul didn't mean it, they were just doing the best they could to survive at that time in their life. You know, Maybe dad was stressed at work at the time, or mum was in a bad relationship, or the kid at school was being abused at home, that's why they spoke to you so harshly. All of that kind of extra, so you can really understand the part that you played, and why you've just blindly picked up a yucky feeling and carried it with you your whole life. Now, This stuff takes a lot of work. You can go quite deep and it can be a whole hour or more session with somebody. So, it's it's not great to just gloss over it in a few minutes on a on a podcast, but it is. It well, is, showing is good. It's showing people showing
1: different tools and techniques, and there'll be each person listening is going to resonate with a different tool, and they can grab that tool, and we can then help them to get further information to to achieve. That's
0: right. And this is fantastic. Healing. This is good stuff to do with somebody, you know, like Jane or I or a practitioner who can guide you through. But it is entirely possible to do at home by yourself, lying in bed or in your own reflective time, your meditation time. So what we're challenging you to do with self love is you've. Got got to go deep you aren't going to get anywhere with surface level stuff is good to start chipping away but when it comes to the real demons the real self-hatred stuff you know you're going to have to go in there and look that thing between the eyes and what you'll generally find is same as the monster under the bed when you actually lift the bed flap and look underneath it's, it's not that bad
1: I agree with that. It so often is not that bad, is it? Isn't it? So I want to also touch on uh, with self-love on shadow work, mm. and so which everybody has a bit of a different definition about. My favourite uh, book is and was it the dark side of the light seekers? Debbie Ford. Yeah. Debbie Ford has written so many books. Unfortunately, she's just crossed over recently, but she's an amazing author. So really? Debbie yeah. Ford has is the queen, in my opinion. Um, author of numerous books on shadow work so shadow work is kind of it's your dark side it's the side of you that you don't like and I find that a lot of people that are lacking in self-love is because they've disowned parts of themselves they've buried things about themselves that they don't like so often it can be a particular quality or trait that you have that you suppress and as we know we can't suppress or tolerate anything we have to accept it Really, I was going to say accept it or reject it, but that's in others' behavior. But in our own, we have to accept it, that there is no other way to do this. So an example would be that um, I could be very, well, I still can be, very opinionated, arrogant, judgmental. As I started to realize, sorry, Dad, but as I started to realize my father was like that as well, who I do love, however he is, arrogant, opinionated, and judgmental, I really disliked that in me because I wanted to be completely different to him. And so I suppressed that. I denied that part of me. And yet the more that I tried to deny it, the more it would come up, the more that I would get in a threatened situation where I'd feel fearful and I would become arrogant, opinionated and judgmental in a negative, nasty, mean way. So what I had to do was bring this out of the basement. So I brought the quality of of arrogant and opinionated out. And I had to look at it and think, how does this serve me in the positive? Now, without opinions, I cannot be uniquely me. Opinions are the most amazing privilege that we all have. We get to express our own opinion. That's a wonderful thing. So I can express it in the positive, I can express it in the negative. So what I did was I learned how to be able to be opinionated, but in a kind and loving way. So come from my heart, not from my fear. Come from love, not from fear. So as I did that, I also owned, however, I have the right and the privilege and the ability to be able to be opinionated in the negative, in the forceful, in the the assertive, masculine, very aggressive way when needed. And I'm grateful for that. And I love that in me. So it's about acknowledging that we actually are all things, every single one of us. So we should be able to write a list of positive qualities and, and behaviors about ourselves, 300 long, and we should have identical list on the negative.
0: So let's look at the negative, the shadow stuff, the stuff about yourself that you've done in the past that you really are embarrassed about or hate mm-hmm. yourself for or want to forget. Okay. So there's a hell of a lot of people out there pushing down yucky emotions and hiding them somewhere in their bodies. They don't realize they're doing this, but by getting on with their day and deflecting, distracting, never thinking about it and sticking their heads in the sand, basically they're very busy growing tumors and cancers. Correct. Things that are going to catch up with them down the line because the body has to store that toxic energy somewhere. It's got to come out. If you're not letting it come out, it's got to go somewhere. And so- I really believe, you know, emotionally this is where all of our biggest illnesses in society come from because they're they're just suppressed balls of stuff that haven't been processed, okay? And that's why you can have spontaneous remissions in hospitals where bone cancer all over the body is cured overnight because somebody's had a massive epiphany and all of a sudden they've allowed the love in, okay? But the biggest part of... When we're going back and looking at the parts of ourselves and the times of our life that we're not very proud of is forgiveness. And forgiveness is such a just, oh, I don't want to bring the Bible into this, but like, cause, cause this isn't, this isn't by any stretch a Christian show, but the, the Bible was right to keep harping on about the importance of forgiveness because it's one of the most important, important things that we can do as human beings. Forgiveness does not mean What you did was okay, if it's to somebody else or even to yourself. Forgiveness is, I no longer choose to be hurt or damaged by this. I no longer choose to be held back by this. I'm ready to release and surrender and move on and go for something better. And when you look at the times in your life where you did stuff that you aren't proud of, you're only ever surviving and doing the best that you can. Be be gentle with yourself, you know, and when you know better, you do better.
1: I love that. Did you know that our daily dose on our Love Life page today and, and on my own Jane Donovan um, Facebook page, I do little daily doses each day of, you know, positive things and uh, is all about forgiveness. There you go. It's, it's the most powerful thing. It's the gift that you give to yourself because when you forgive – you create peace in your life.
0: So much is let go. I can't explain it. It's like stuff rushes off your shoulders. Yeah, and it's, it's not saying, you know, it's okay what that person did to me or no. how that
1: person treated me or what they said to me. You're not saying that's okay. So you're not capitulating, you're not you're not being weak. You are being so divinely strong and giving the gift to yourself of I forgive. For because I release, I am done. That is, you know. Yeah forgiving ourselves, forgiving ourselves for those squirmy memories that we just squirm and go, oh, that's just...
0: You wouldn't be human if you didn't have those memories. That's your growth. That's what's brought you to this point today. That's what's giving you your lessons. And that's what you can turn around and teach others. Look, don't make the same mistakes I did. I did this once upon a time. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to share for transparency. It's so important that we don't try and be perfect all the time. What are our kids going to learn if they think everyone's just perfect all the time? It's okay to you know be a bit messy sometimes and be a bit explosive or just or have a good cry or admit that you stuffed something up. That's being human, and it's in the admission and and then in the moving on that we learn and that we best help and show others. So that's Beautiful. okay. Affirma- more than okay it's, it's more, great it's great jane affirmations i
1: know such an important and powerful and so simple tool to use so affirmations are short positive statements that we say to ourselves repeatedly to kind of brainwash ourselves into believing something that maybe we're not feeling or believing how many do you reckon you've written
0: in your lifetime jane oh god i've
1: written thousands thousands, thousands. jane is the
0: affirmation queen <laughs> she writes them out for all of her clients <laughs> Oh, but I love them.
1: I love them. I believe in them so strongly. And I actually love writing them for a client because I'll, I'll be, well, actually, you know, channeling, I'll be asking Spirit for giving me the right words to be get, to get for them. And as I'm writing it out and I'm looking out the corner of my eye and I can see them and they are squirming in their seat, that's when I know I've got the right one. (laughs) Because they, you know, really, I'm actually writing what I can see in them. You know, when you commit, to connecting with people and seeing the good in them, seeing the beauty within them, seeing their wonderful uniqueness and amazing qualities and you only see their higher self and the the, the gorgeous perfection of who they are. And you can see that they can't see that or feel that or believe that. It's so cool to be able to write this statement out knowing I know it's the truth. I know that is the truth of that person. I just know that stuff has got in the way of them believing this and most people will often come back to me and say you know what I actually always did know this about myself but I'd forgotten I'd forgotten so this all of this work you probably everything that we're
0: saying now you know but you've forgotten it. Or you, or you have a very hard time admitting it, which is fine. But, but it's okay. It's okay to let all of this bursting love
1: out. I know. Do you know what I want? I want us to to get our Facebook page really rocking where we actually have everybody saying all of the positive things about themselves and how they love themselves and how beautiful they are. There's your challenge. And so that we don't have people feeling self-conscious about speaking so beautifully That's of right. themselves. There's
0: your homework for those There's your the
1: homework. So in affirmation, let's give a few examples. So... Mm. It's some ways you can do just some real short ones that just say that um, today. I always like to bring the time into the now, right? Start right now. Today, I love and honor myself. I love myself unconditionally. But then we can get more specific, and it can be something like um, acknowledging a fear within. Now, this is a bit controversial because on your vibration and on and a lot of people will say we shouldn't put negative words at all into a an affirmation. However, if you're really struggling with believing something. It kind of helps you to believe it if you put in there what you're currently believing occasionally. So it might start with, even though sometimes I feel I am not good enough, pretty enough, rich enough, smart enough, funny enough, whatever, fill in your blank. So even though sometimes I feel I am not attractive, I am, and then we're going to give a statement of what you are. I am a kind, generous, loving, giving, sensitive, and beautiful person. I love myself unconditionally so then you write this down you put it on sticky notepads you put it on your car dashboard you put it put it places where others are not going to see it and ridicule this is the time for you to keep things very close to your chest and keep yourself very private you're not in a a strong enough situation yet to allow others to perhaps you know who do you think you are what a stupid statement to be saying to yourself you can't afford to have that negativity come in so hold your cards close to your chest so Text it to yourself every time that you're sitting at work or you're on a date or you're in a moment where you're feeling a little vulnerable and you're feeling like, you know, the bad girl is going to come out and lash out in a minute. Just excuse yourself. Go to the bathroom. Get your text message up. Read it to yourself three times and uh, and then go back out to face the situation you're currently in. But put it on your mirror. As soon as you get up in the morning, say it to yourself. Before you go to bed, say it to yourself. Do it so often that you actually get quite bored with it.
0: Yeah, use that as your um your password. So every time you've got to type in a password type, I love myself as your password. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's getting it, drumming it into the subconscious mind. That's crap. great, isn't it? Now, I think we need to start with a bit of gratitude as well, a bit of gratitude yeah. journaling. Well, I was just, looking, just going to say on the affirmations as well, you know, studies really do show you don't have to believe them. And most people who start them won't. So it doesn't matter because what we're doing here is rewiring the brain. You are reprogramming Decades of neural transmitters that are that are buzzing around the negative centers, and you know, constantly putting you down or being the worst bully inside your own head. And it takes a lot of work to start refiring those neural, you know, pathways in different directions. And that's why the regular, repeated practice of writing out affirmations, keep a journal and a pen by the bed, and write out a few, maybe different ones, every day. Or you've got a set for the week that you write the same ones out five times every night. Just keep hammering them in the subconscious will get it the conscious mind will catch up it'll get reprogrammed into your body until it becomes true okay it's
1: interesting Is i've watched people where they've you know you start off with one that says you know um oh, i am a i am a kind and loving person i love myself unconditionally you know ho-hum yeah 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 and then a few days later they're saying it with a little bit more authority in their voice and they're going oh I love myself. I, I am a kind and lovely loving person. I love myself unconditionally. And then a few days later it is I am a kind and loving person. I love myself unconditionally. And a few days later it is I am a kind loving person <laughs> and I love myself Unconditionally, and their back is straight, and their shoulders are back, and their chin is up, and their whole body language and posture has completely changed. The words are spoken with such force that nobody would dare not believe you. That's right. Love it. What about a bit of journaling of gratitude to wind it up? Yeah. So, sitting in a place of love and gratitude for what we have in our life.
0: Yeah. I I like to tell my clients to do um, it's called a daily check in. And I think it's, it's something that we need to do anyway as consciously aware people living in the world that we live in where one day can bleed into the next. Everything just gets on this roller coaster of routine and in and out and kids in the car and off to work and pack a lunch and put on the TV and collapse into bed and get up and have a shower and on we go again. And even if you call yourself spiritual, we often fall out of spiritual practice or we fall out of these beautiful habits, which we know we should do. I'll, I'll see seven people a week and say to all seven of them, you should be meditating more. And do you think oh, I go home and me meditate? me <laughs> too. I know. <laughs> so I think that the biggest thing with Western society is, because we, we genuinely have these crazy beliefs about being time poor, is that you can't ask too much of anyone to give in this in this area. Two minutes, that's why I say two minutes. It might even be less than two minutes. And I've talked about this before on the show. It might be the time you just have in the shower. It might be when every time you pull up at a red light, um, waiting in the line at the bank, things like that, wherever you can snatch a few seconds. Now, the first thing we want to do is pull out our phone and check it. Like if you're at a bus stop, if anyone's at a bus stop anymore, I don't know, but you know, there's times in your life where back in the 90s you had to just think and look out the window and stuff and actually just, you know, mull over the world and the universe and where you're at that day. We, everything's sped up so much that we never have silence. Yeah. We never, and even when we are in silence, like I'm saying, we're checking our phone in silence, but you know, so we're self-sabotaging the clarity and the space that we need to, it's, it's such an important ingredient, like a plant needs sunshine and water. We need to have silence mm-hmm. to be able to grow properly within. So to that end, my two-minute daily check-in is, I usually say every night before you go to bed, but for some people it might be upon rising. Keep a journal by your bed. Go out and make it a a thing. Buy a beautiful book. I agree. Beautiful book. Buy a a beautiful pen. Mm. You know, press flowers between the pages. You know, put stickers on or scrapbook whatever you want to do. Personalize it. Fill it with love. Keep crystals between the pages. And every night just sit quietly anywhere in the house, maybe it's on the bed with a candle or maybe you've got a special spot that you love. Go and sit cross-legged, get rid of everybody, get rid of the husband, the kids or the wife or whoever's around you and just close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, take three deep breaths. That's First of all, that's all you need to do. Second of all, you might want to run through some of the things we've just talked about. You might want to write some affirmations. You might want to give some some thanks or some gratitude Jane's talking about. So gratitude journals introduced by Oprah, thank you, Oprah, uh, where you write down, say, three to five things every single day that you are deeply grateful for. And we're talking the smallest things. We're talking, thank you for the sunlight that came through onto my desk when I was working this morning. Thank you for the extra cookie that uh, a friend at work, you know, saved spare for me when I got in. You know, the, the little things, all the big things. Thank you. Thank you that my son just got into his degree at university, whatever it is. And the more that you, sh- that you actively begin to look at your reality every day through eyes of looking for proof that it's an amazing, wonderful, giving, abundant world that we have so much to be grateful for in, it's going to radically transform the quality of your reality.
1: Absolutely. That's so well-spoken. I love that. It's beautiful. I feel that what we're doing here is we're making you more cup half full than cup half empty. We're making you more positive. We're helping through gratitude journaling to help you to focus on that which pleases you rather than that that doesn't please you. And as as you do that, that gives you a greater happiness in your life. The other thing it does is it places you. I like people to write their, their gratitude, their five things or however many things each day as the very last thing they do before they close their eyes to go to sleep. So no more than checking your phone, no more um, grabbing a, a fiction book to read. It is the last thing you do. That book and pen falls out of your hands as you close your eyes to go to sleep. And it places you in such a beautiful vibration to actually have a gorgeous, healing, restful night's sleep.
0: Now, self-love, of course, is also about nurturing activities, and these are other small ways we can nurture. How many people have a bath in their house that they never, ever use? Have a bath. With the candles, with the Epsom salts, chuck a crystal in. The like, good
1: candles too. The really expensive one you got given for at Christmas that you never burn, burn it.
0: Exactly. Put the music on. You know, go and get yourself a voucher for a massage. No one's going to do it for you. you. Can't wait till Mother's Day. Just go and get a voucher for a massage. go and go and have a massage. Um, go and buy some foods that you love, that you just keep at home, that's just for you. Or go take yourself out to a restaurant. That's the, the other test of self-love. Can you go and sit in a restaurant by? yourself or go to a movie by yourself. Some people love it like me. I'm an only child. I love that stuff. But some people would never want to be seen dead alone in a crowded space, in a cafe by themselves. That's another little challenge right there. So self-nurturing activities, put some money away just for you somewhere. Book yourself a holiday and stop putting it off. Go and buy yourself that top. Don't just think, oh, I shouldn't really spend the money and no, 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 no. You know what? Sometimes just You're probably buying stuff for your children and your husband all the time. Just get it for yourself.
1: I love that. Fantastic. Write the list of all the little things that bring you joy through the day or through any day and make sure there's something scheduled on it every single day yeah. something little to look forward to that's right i think we also need to touch on the negative thoughts in the head mm-hmm. because that's very self-sabotaging so just a few quick tools of how to shut that voice down and we've all got it the voice that says you're not good enough rich enough funny enough smart enough the one that says who do you think you are the one that says oh look at you you great big fat person you've just eaten that the one that says oh yeah there you go again having another cigarette or the one that says, who do you think you are getting that job you're not going to get that job you're not good enough for that etc so we've got to shut that voice down and this is the art of self-care as well which is about acknowledging that the negative voice is in your head and then instantly stopping it with one that is more powerful and more positive and more loving so positive self-chat so as you observe the negative voice then it's time for you to stop and say something kind to yourself of you know now i'm a beautiful person i'm enjoying this day i give thanks just anything that stops but you can also distract a negative thought by predetermining a happy place. So right now, I want you to think of a place or a memory, or it can be fantasy, it can be real, it doesn't matter, but some place that you can go to that gives you joy. And I want you to think about what can you feel? What can you hear? What can you smell? What can you touch? What can you see? And as you have the negative voice in your head you then take yourself to your happy place and you start exploring the five senses through this happy place you only need to hold the memory for 17 seconds science has proven for your vibration to have changed and raised to a higher place so instead of having this negative low level vibration from the negative thought it has now been raised to one that is more positive more happy and so we're kind of tricking the mind into getting rid of this habit of having negative thoughts and we're going to force it into having more positive ones.
0: Don't beat yourself up for having the negative thoughts. Just catch them. Just be consciously aware when they're there. So, And then once you've caught it, oh, there it is, I'm thinking that again, you can either replace it with one of Jane's lovely positive affirmations or one that you've developed yourself or, like we teach our teenagers, you literally just take a big mental image of a big stamp with like delete And just smack it out. Oh, nice! I like that bit of aggression. Halfway through, just catch it and just smash it out. We say clear, cut, delete with our teenagers. We get them to stand up and do it on their arm. Yeah. So again, conscious awareness. You just got to catch yourself. So. You don't have to beat yourself up. Most of us probably have a lifetime of negative thoughts going round and round because that's kind of the way the brains go. <laughs> it's the mental chatter. It's the monkey mind. Again, that's why we need to make more space for the quiet times in our life, for a little bit of meditation or listening to some music or going for a walk, having a bubble bath or just some quiet writing time. Um, and when those negative thoughts come in, just acknowledge that they're there. Okay, I see you there. You can go away now. Let's let it go. There's some great techniques out there for those of you that really feel like you have emotional blocks, stuff that you feel like you can't quite just grapple on your own and you really want to go there. Techniques like EFT, which I love because you can do this right now if you're in within range of a computer. Just Google or go into YouTube and type in EFT, tap along videos. EFT is where you tap on certain meridian points in the body with your fingertips and while you tap, you say specially um, constructed sentences which release beliefs, okay? So in other words, they're reprogramming you from the negative to the positive. Now EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, has had the most resounding results. Is resounding a word? Did I make that up? Resounding results, yeah. Sounds good to so me. I just lost my, lost my head for me. a minute. But it has with sufferers of particularly fears and phobias, Chronic fatigue and depression—you um, can tap away eighty to ninety percent of the charge on that stuff. If you're one of the people that suffers from those things, fantastic people, statistics. It's an, in, in such a short time. It's easy. It's quick. It's non-violating. You don't need to go see anyone. You don't need to get into a hospital gown. It's free. It's free. It's empowering. You can do if it, you it online. Do it yourself. There's people that like do the morning tap. So you get up, have your cup of coffee, and do your morning tap for the day, and just clear out any junk or any you know emotional clutter that's built up overnight or that's coming up for you today, and just release it. So look, there's many other techniques out there, but I think that's a good starting point for this show.
1: I think we need to wind it up there. Wow, what a lot of information we've put out there today. Yes. I mean, there are so many other things, that are tools and tricks and tips that we've got for self-love. But I think that gives people a really good starting point to start to
0: really become your own greatest love story. That's right. And, Jane, let's tell them why it's so important that they do this because – when you dedicate the time and it is a discipline and it is a ritual that you really need to adhere to because no one else ain't going to do this for you. It's got to be you that sticks on this, this homework. If you do it, do we do a money back guarantee? <laughs> I guarantee that every compartment, every area of your life, even the ones that seem to have no connection, like the holiday compartment or the, the financial Compartment of your life: the health compartment, the family compartment, the relationships compartment, the career compartment, um, all of the different compartments, plus many more, will experience radical change.
1: Absolutely, that's really cool to watch it happen. Like you're going to get so surprised at how fast the results come in.
0: People, how fast? People will drop away from your life. You may lose relationships, but trust me, it's for it's for the right reason. Your vibration. you you're actually now going to be retuning yourself to a higher frequency by filling yourself with so much love and kindness so regularly until literally your cup overfloweth (laughs) overfilleth overfloweth until literally your cup's overflowing and All the other people, events, circumstances, vibrations in your life are going to have to meet you on that level. And if they can't, they will drop away, which will be fine because you won't need them anymore. And you will attract in so many new and exciting and better ones, you won't even know where to look. It's just going to be, you'll be bombarded by amazing abundance. And this literally happens overnight. It is a really,
1: really fast process so you know do the work gotta be ready be your own scientist gather your own evidence be disciplined and enjoy enjoy
0: your new reality that's right so we love you love yourself we'll join you next week on the couch for love Life every Wednesday on thewellnesscouch.com I'm Rebecca Detman
1: I'm Jane Donovan and we do love you life is
0: perfect I'm not trying it's just happening, and it's a beautiful